On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I had the absolute honor of getting to talk to Molly Pittman from Smart Marketer. I have been listening to Molly since we we figured out probably 2014, even before the implementation of the newest version of the Facebook Pixel. We were were talking back on that. Molly is an absolute genius when it comes to marketing. Um, She's been in the world now for about 10 years. Uh, We chatted about so many things. If you guys don't, uh, I've never heard Molly talk before. Uh, She is one of those guests uh, that I was just absolutely honored to have on and just soaked up uh, a lot of her uh, knowledge and wisdom. Yeah, just an absolutely incredible interview. You guys are not going to want to miss this one. Hey guys, before we begin, I want to talk to you about how to grow your e-commerce brand in a post iOS 14.5 world. If you're doing over seven figures in D to C, you need to hear this. Back when Facebook ads were absolutely crushing it and driving massive amounts of revenue, setting up basic flows and sending out occasional email campaigns used to cut it, SMS marketing included. You'd see it constantly and so would we when we were looking at accounts at Mindful Marketing. Brands earning 20 to 45% of their total revenue with email marketing with maybe three to four hours of work a month, and that's because they just set up some basic flows and then silence. But now that the Facebook algorithm has stopped spitting out such ridiculous returns, where do we go? Retention. But it requires marketers to go deeper than simple templated flows and copy and pasted campaigns, which we've seen all the time. It requires actually having a system that increases the LTV of your customers, and then actually realizing that entire customer lifetime value in a shorter period of time. And hopefully, even seeing a higher LTV. We're saddened to see brands do all the same things with their emails and SMS, and we're sick of auditing agency accounts who simply set up welcome flows and show off how many sales they make. Anyone can set up a welcome flow, abandoned cart flow, etc. That is the simple stuff, guys. The real key in retention marketing is digging deep into your market, copy, offer, your creative, and then pairing that with a strategy that turns one-time buyers into two-time buyers, into three-time buyers, and on and on, just like we've seen at our brands. So if you want to find out exactly exactly how deep our retention marketing strategy goes, book a quick wins call with our team and we will show you exactly how we drive more repeat sales for our clients and hopefully how you can too. Go to mindfulmarketing.co slash quick wins. That's mindfulmarketing.co slash quick wins, all one word. Now on to today's episode. Hey guys, understanding where and why I lose potential customers on my site is really difficult and using Google Analytics is not easy. I have to get my developers involved with coding events and I also struggle just to get clear-cut answers. There's endless piles of data. I find myself making assumptions on where and when the card abandoners occur, when they drop out. It's kind of a nightmare. Luckily, there's a better way of getting to the core of my results, Oribi. E-commerce owners who use Oribi have doubled their ROI and it's easy to understand why. Oribi makes building and analyzing funnels a walk in the park and you'll be able to see in seconds where the leaks in your visitor flow are. Oribi tells you which channels to focus your resources on, which areas of content have the most impact on your conversions, and how well your marketing campaigns are performing. And since Oribi automatically tracks all the events on your site completely code-free, you'll be independent of developers too, which is great. With Arebi's plain English insights, you'll know exactly what steps to take to increase your conversion rates. No more guesswork. So start your free trial at Oribi.io. That's O-R-I-B-I.io. And mention that Jordan West sent you. Also, use the code ecommerce20 for 20% off your first payment. Guys, you will not regret this. 
Hey guys, Jordan West back with another episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Today, I am so excited to have Molly Pittman from Smart Marketer on the podcast. Molly, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Hey, Jordan. So happy to be here. It's really great to have you on. We were actually just talking before the show that I actually, when I first started to learn marketing, I first got into the like, you know, digital marketer crew, like back in the day. And that's really how I started to learn online marketing. It, it must've been 2014, 2015, somewhere in there. We were actually super, str- I didn't tell you this before, but we were really struggling. We owned a restaurant and I was just trying to figure out, I'm like, man, how do I get people into this restaurant using Facebook ads? And so I did some Google searches, came upon digital marketer. And after that, started listening to the podcast, uh, that you were one of the hosts on, which was Perpetual Traffic, and really what went from there. And then we started, you know, buying all of our businesses and and actually doing well. The the restaurant was horrible, as anybody who's listened <laughs> to the podcast probably knows. I, I lost a, a lot of money doing that, but awesome learning experiences during that time. So Molly, it's just an absolute pleasure to have you on. So for people who know nothing about you, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do these days. Yeah, and I loved hearing that you listened to Perpetual Traffic. That feels like centuries ago for me, and I think it is in digital marketing. Speak. <laughs> it is. Really it is. Looking back, you know, that's only seven years, but wow, it could be 70 in our world, right? No, but thanks for having me again. Really happy to be here. Hi to everybody who's listening. I started in this world about 10 years ago now, and I moved to Austin, Texas from my hometown in Kentucky and had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, I went down there, started waiting tables, bartending, and I found a Craigslist post. I don't I don't know if people still find jobs on Craigslist, but then I did. I don't think so. <laughs> I found a Craigslist post for a paid internship with this company that was going to hire 15 interns. And after this three-month program, a few of us would get full-time positions. And I'm competitive. I love new things. It sounded fun. And I went all in. I luckily got the internship. I got one of the full-time positions. And it was with a company called Digital Marketer that you mentioned earlier. And that really started all of this for me. It kind of fell in my lap. I didn't even own a laptop at the time or know much at all about business or marketing. And so that really began my journey. I started the internship, the full-time position. I started to learn Facebook ads and that's when things got really interesting for me. My boss at the time, Ryan Dice, came to me and said, hey Molly, here are a few courses on Facebook ads. And this was in 2012. So the the early, early days of this. And here is $1,000 you know, or spend $1,000 on my Amex. Here's the product that I want you to sell. Figure this out and come back to me with more revenue generated than you spent. And, <laughs> and so, this was you as an uh, intern. Well, I had just gotten into the full-time position. Okay, okay. I still didn't really know anything. Like I had been learning. I had been exposed to all of these businesses that those guys own and, you know, the SOPs and how all of this stuff works. But I was still kind of living in organic social media land or kind of just doing whatever they needed me to do. Okay, I'll build a members area. Okay, I'll post some stuff on Facebook. So this was my first attempt to really develop a specific skill set. And it came out of curiosity. I I was 
actually curious about it. And Ryan saw that and gave me the resources and a little bit of good pressure there. And luckily that campaign was a success and everything's kind of happened from there. Uh, I became the lead media buyer spending, you know, over half a million dollars or more a month on paid ads. Then the VP of marketing, which allowed me to get a really full picture of the different businesses, run a, a full scale marketing team. And then in 2017, I went out on my own, started an agency doing consulting, quickly realized I missed working with a team and partnered with Ezra Firestone at smartmarketer.com. And that's what I've been doing ever since. So we are, are essentially a digital marketing education company. We produce courses, mentorships, masterminds to help people like you guys. So that's really my story in a nutshell. I'm most pas passionate about helping people. So our mission is serve the world unselfishly and profit. And we believe that that's how you should operate in business. So I truly, truly love teaching, consulting, helping students and marketing just is the vehicle that gets us there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I've been on your uh, your email list now for, for quite a while. And guys, it, it really is. It's just just value, right? It's just like you're really trying to do everything that you can just to 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 give people. And it's amazing. I was actually thinking back just while, while we walked down memory lane, just for one more second here, I was uh, thinking back to I don't even know when the implementation of the Facebook pixel was. Well, and what was it even called before the pixel? Well, there were two pixels and then it That's condensed right. into one pixel. So there wasn't a pixel before. And then it was like, okay, we have the Facebook pixel and it's actually two pixels. And then uh, we condensed down to one pixel. That was probably in 2015. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. So I, I remember this, right? And this being this big sort of moment, right? Of like, oh, okay, this is going to change everything. And I remember you guys on Perpetual Traffic talking all about how this is going to change everything. And it really did. Like, it really did change everything up until April, in, in my opinion, right? It was just like, I, I feel like anybody could really, if they had a little bit of, of salesman in them, could figure out how to sell on Facebook. And then April, May, June came around this year, and, and things have changed. Things have changed a, a lot. Let's talk a little bit about that, Molly. What is going on now? What did things change? What was the big shift? Yeah, you know, this is something that we've seen happen a lot right? Changes to technology or the big players in the space make moves that affect us as advertisers. And that's part of the game. First off, you know, when you sign up to have an online business or to be a digital marketer, you are signing up for a lot of constant change. And that's something that you need to accept and try to not have an emotional response to. I actually am at the point where I get excited. <laughs> I'm like, all right, let's mix things up. This is another problem that we we get to solve, which is that's all we are as entrepreneurs, as digital marketers, e-commerce folks. We're problem solvers. You know, your product solves a solution for your avatar. And behind the scenes, we're constantly solving problems in business. So, you know, this is a change like many changes that have come before. And I love that you brought up the, the Facebook pixel change, right? Because almost same level of panic in that scenario is what you're seeing in response to these iOS updates. And I remember so, it. It was like, yeah. it was people were so panicked about this new thing that was happening, right? And then in the end, it ended yeah. up being incredible for marketers in general. 
Exactly. Sorry, continue on. Yeah, exactly. And we see that same level of panic this year. And people have been asking me, Molly, why are you so calm about this? And it's like, well, I've gone through so many of these changes. And I know that even bigger ones are to come over the years. And I'll get into the details, but I'm able to stay calm and actually look at this as an opportunity because I know that the fundamentals of marketing never, ever change. Yeah, And I had the opportunity a few weeks ago to interview Seth Godin for AdWorld. And I was asking him about, you know, the changes with paid advertising, everything that's about to happen with email marketing and iOS 15. And it is a lot and it can be stressful, right? Change is stressful for humans. And I asked him what he was doing to overcome this or how he was thinking about it. And he told me that he was reading books and studying marketing materials that came out before the internet even existed. <laughs> of course. And really and of course going Seth, back, Seth would say that. Like <laughs> Right. And and really going back to the fundamentals and the basics. And I don't mean basics as in the things that are easy, but the things that really matter. And so with this iOS 14 update, especially in relation to paid traffic and a place a platform like Facebook, this has changed how their algorithm operates. You know, Facebook is operating on, you know, 30 to 50% less data than they were earlier this year. That is going to change the effectiveness of what Facebook is able to do for you as an advertiser. Mm -hmm. And yes, that sucks. That is frustrating. We've definitely seen a huge change in results. Traffic has become a lot more expensive, or at least it was this summer. We did a whole of analysis of over $50 million in ad spend this year and looked at trends and costs, and it has had a negative effect. But it is not something that we should panic about because the technology is changing. The tool is changing. Consumer behavior is not changing. People did not quit buying things on the internet. People did not suddenly become uninterested in your podcast, Jordan. <laughs> Probably <laughs> opposite. And so I loved what Seth said because that is our response to these changes. Of course, there are tactical things that we're doing that you can learn more about on our podcast called the Smart Marketer Podcast. We have a few very tactical episodes about iOS 14, specifically that my business partner, John Grimshaw, was able to go into detail on how to fix and optimize the tracking side of things. Because that's one of the biggest issues right now is that a lot of the data you're seeing inside of Facebook Ads Manager simply isn't correct because Facebook lost that visibility. But mm -hmm. the good news is there are ways to fix that if you're willing to put in a little time and effort. And then on the other side of that, what it's changed is what I was talking about earlier with that loss of data or insight or information, whatever you want to call it, that Facebook has suffered. It has made their optimization, their algorithm, whatever you want to call it, a little weaker. And for me, I see this as an opportunity because there are so many advertisers, especially the last few years that have been able to get away with really lazy marketing because Facebook's machine learning has become so smart because Facebook has had so much access to data because you're able to create a product, set up a sales page, write some pretty lousy creative and copy but Facebook's still able to put it in front of the right person because their machine is so smart. 
that's not the case anymore. We're actually going back to how things were in 2012, 13, 14, 15, which is exciting for me because that's where good marketers or people that actually care, people that want to serve a group of people, we're still winning, right? We're still able to make this platform work because we're putting more time in our offers, right? Does someone really want what we're offering? How are we positioning it? How many hooks are we coming up with? How well do we actually know our audience so we can have really detailed interest targeting so that we can tell Facebook exactly where they're hanging out and we're not relying on Facebook doing, uh, you know, just telling Facebook, okay, broad targeting, you go find these people. So the people that relied on those lazier strategies, and no offense to you if you did, (laughs) that's totally fine. Uh, Molly, I think we all did. Yeah, they're suffering. We were like, hey, you know what? This is so easy. Why do I need to do anything more, right? I'll just put it out here and we're making money and our CPAs are great and everyone's doing well. And it was a a huge shift. I I even think anecdotally right now seeing, uh, you know, we're we're recording this mid-November. Almost everybody has launched their Black Friday sales. Mm -hmm. Like I've seen almost every single brand that I know of has launched their sales because sales are so mediocre this year. (laughs) It's kind of what what I'm coming to. I mean, the e-com businesses that we own, Uh, We've decided, you know what, we're just going to have to join the crowd right now. And we've started to see CPAs definitely go down, which is amazing. But it's really been because of that hard work, right? And it's thinking, how do we actually get people into this? Mm -hmm. And going back to, you know, earlier days when things weren't so easy. So I'm totally with you. Let's talk campaign structure, Molly. What are you recommending these days that people use as far as a campaign is concerned? Yeah, we're kind of going a little bit more old school now. And this has really changed in the past month or two, especially. So changes like before we were relying and it almost switched totally to CBO, campaign budget optimization for our cold traffic campaigns. Now, since Facebook's machine isn't as strong, uh, which was the beauty of CBO, right? CBO was pouring gasoline on a fire. Well, if the fire is not there, we don't want to pour gasoline on it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So we're making changes like going back to ABO, mostly using ABO at the top of the funnel because it does allow us more control over the optimization of a campaign. We're actually also shifting back to smaller audience sizes, especially when we initially launch an offer. You know, audience sizes like half a million to three million in an ad set, or if we're scaling, you know, maybe around five million or a little bit larger. And again, this is just a shift backwards because the machine isn't as smart as it used to be. So giving Facebook those large audience sizes, that's what worked the last few years. But now that the optimization isn't as strong, again, we need to take more control back. So it's not that different from what we were doing. It's just kind of going back a few years and taking more control as the advertiser. Smaller audience sizes, ABO, and also doing things like before where maybe in a cold traffic campaign, we would have ad sets that were targeting lookalikes, ad sets that were targeting interests, ad sets that were targeting broad targeting. As we're seeing broad targeting and lookalikes not perform as well since these changes, we're splitting those into their own campaigns so that that negative performance doesn't affect things like interest targeting that are working so well for us right Mm. now. So for example, if we have an offer and we want to use those three different types of targeting, we just simply put them in their own campaigns so that they're in their own silo. They're not affecting one another. And again, so that we have more control. And the biggest difference, I would say, other than, of course, really diving deep on offer, hooks, copy, and creative, but we 
we've always done that, right? That's always our, been our secret sauce. That's not new for us, is diving more than ever into interest targeting, which I think has always been what made me different as a media buying educator than other people in the market is I've always seen the opportunity with interest targeting and I've always used it for scale and I've always used it to get really cheap traffic. People don't realize that there are millions of interest indexed in that detailed targeting box that most people have never even found, right? There's not a list of interests that you just print out and okay, these look good for my avatar, right? You've got to do the research first. And so the people that are doing the research that are finding those obscure interests to reach their avatar that other people aren't using, they're able to overcome a lot of these higher CPMs and therefore higher CPAs because they're competing with less advertisers in the auction. So really for us, again, kind of going back, taking more control, using ABO more, using smaller audience sizes, going way deeper on interest targeting than we ever have before. Those are the main changes right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's great. Any creative uh, that you're seeing uh, or type of creative that you're seeing working better than others right now? Oh, yeah. Lots of things that are working for us. Of course, user-generated content. I mean, we've been preaching that for three or four years now. (laughs) And I think people are finally getting on the bandwagon. Even for a business like Smart Marketer, where you can't physically show the product, there's just nothing better than the voice and the face of a real customer and their environment that feels native and real. So, you know, in all of our businesses, we have something called an ambassador program set up and a team of people that are constantly reaching out and getting those new creatives in the door so that we never fatigue because we always have new creatives coming in and people that look different from other customers we featured and are talking about different benefits and transformations of the product. I mean, there's nothing like UGC. It's real. It's authentic. It is the way to the heart of your potential customer on a social platform like Facebook or Instagram. But we're also still doing more traditional advertising. I don't know if you have seen the ad father commercial that we put out. I think if you went to Ezra Firestone's Facebook page, you could probably see it. He's my business partner. I've been targeted with that one a few times. Okay. Yeah. So we're also (laughs) going back to more traditional marketing that's working really well you know, making people laugh, you know, making that ad is essentially a a spoof off of the Godfather, but it's all about, you know, the ad father in our paid traffic course. We also did something similar for Forrest Gump for our email marketing course, and people love it. Generating $4 leads right now in a highly competitive market during Q4, because we're willing to sit down and do the work on those creatives. And of course, that's, you know, ROI positive in, in the back end. So, you know, it's UGC native, of course, but also getting creative. But I tell people, it's like, what has worked for you? Do more of that, right? Just because, you know, something has worked. A lot of people think, okay, I, I now have to do something completely different to refresh this or to prevent fatigue. And that's not true at all. You know, at Zipify, our software business, if you went into Facebook ad, Facebook ad library right now and looked up Ezra's page or Zipify's page, you would see a ton of videos 
video ads of Ezra doing ridiculous things on his land. So like the openings are he's like sleeping and wakes up or he's like coming out of a porta potty or he's like cutting an onion, right? <laughs> These silly things that have nothing to do with Shopify, that nothing to do with this piece of software, but they're relatable, they're interesting, they make people laugh. And Ezra is able to transition into the real message pretty quickly. And that's something that we found worked over the last year. And we've been able to double click-through rates in Zipify's ad account by just doing more of that same style. Are you guys translating any of this over to YouTube, Molly? We're starting to definitely on the e-commerce side with Boom by Cindy Joseph. We're doing a lot on YouTube. Right now with Smart Marketer, it's mostly retargeting. But yes, a lot of this translates over to YouTube with just a few tweaks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I still think that, you know, in the next you know, two to four years, YouTube is going to to be an incredible ad platform. I mean, the, the targeting options are just astounding. The only issue is I still for e-com have not cracked it. Had a great chat with Brett Curry last year, and it seems as though they are getting those kind of results. Again, it's something that we haven't seen come through, but I think that there is still massive opportunity there. Oh yeah. Brett runs all of our YouTube and Google and he's amazing. So it's a different beast than Facebook. It's why I always tell people to start with Facebook and Instagram. It's it's not like I'm a huge advocate or have like a special place for Facebook in my heart, you know? <laughs> it's just because it is the easiest to get started. There's something about it. I think it's the way people use it. If you know what you're doing, it's simply the easiest platform to get to work. And then scaling out to YouTube and Google, of course. Absolutely. Molly, I got to ask you the question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. What is your secret to scaling? Ooh, good question. Not getting caught up in the tactical side of scaling. Most people think in their business or in their ad account, there is some missing piece, some hack that's like, okay, now the campaign's working and on day four, we duplicate it and make these two changes and then do a backflip. And that's the secret to scaling. <laughs> and it's like, no, that's not. And even if you do find a hack like that, it's only going to last so long. So it's really going back to my message earlier, going back to the the basics. When I think about scaling a business or a campaign, I'm always thinking big picture. Like with Smart Marketer, we're launching an agency next year. So that was a move. How do we scale? Well, of course, we're going to scale the courses and info side of things, but let's add services, right? It's like totally. how yeah. you look at acquisition of businesses. That is how we're going to scale. How do we scale a marketing campaign? Well, let's come up with other avatars that we can relate to or other new messages and hooks that we can use to the same audience that we've used before. Of course, there are small tactical things you can do, but it's really big picture stuff that's going to make the biggest difference with, with scale. Absolutely. I'm, I'm totally with you. For example, with the Adfather commercial, you know, when we got really good results out of the gate for that, of course, I'm telling our media buyer, let's scale on Facebook. So, you know, let's add new audiences. Let's up the budget. Let's create some new copy variations to prevent fatigue. But those are small things. Those are duh things, you know, that are only yeah, going to yeah, get yeah. you so far. You got to get to the next level of thinking, which was, okay, what are other commercials like this? <laughs> because this 
worked that we can create that will promote other offers in our business, other products in our business. That type of thinking is where true scale comes from. Absolutely. Oh, Molly, that was great. I've got three more questions for you, Molly. I, ho- awesome. I hope you're ready. Let's do it. First question, favorite tool or app that you're using right now? Does it have to be business related? No, 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 no. It can be whatever you want. Okay. This is really silly, but my favorite app is called Rain Rain. (laughs) Okay. And it's like a white noise app. And I've always had trouble sleeping, especially since my career has accelerated and things are really busy. And once I started sleeping with this app, like these water noises, I truly sleep like a baby. So it sounds simple, but it's life-changing. And it basically just cuts out all the noise around you. I think it gets me in the mode to actually rest. It's relaxing. It's definitely my most used app. Oh, that's great. I've been using a white noise app for years and it it just works. It's so good. It really, really does. Molly, favorite podcast or audiobook that you're listening to right now? Ooh, that's a good one. It's hard to pick. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm not a huge podcaster, but I could give you some YouTube channels that I like. Oh, yeah, do that. So it's funny being a podcaster for so long. I'm not a huge listener of podcasts, and I think it's because I'm very visual. So I'm much more stimulated if I have visual in front of me. <laughs> Definitely not the case when I'm teaching. Yes, <laughs> I get <yes>. distracted. <laughs> but okay, a few of my favorite YouTube channels. Business-wise, definitely check out Copy Posse, Alex Catoni. She's a great friend. Not only has, I mean, she's an amazing marketer. I love what she teaches. I love what she's doing, but also watching her build her channel has been really inspiring. And that channel organically has grown her entire business. So, you know, looking at that YouTube channel from both sides, Alex Catoni, Copy Posse. But a few other channels that I like that are more extracurricular, one category that I kind of watch are, I just moved on to a farm and I love nature and I'm always looking for something to relax me. And so I've been watching channels called Cottage Fairy and there's one called The Elliot Homestead. And there's something about these channels and these women that started these channels. It just makes me feel good. It's really interesting content. And of course, I also learn from a business standpoint too because they're growing businesses off the back. Uh, I also watch a lot of true crime and my favorite channels for true crime are Bailey Sarian and that chapter. They're both great storytellers. And of course, I'm always looking at it from the business side of things too. I've learned a lot from both of them about public speaking, how to be authentic. So yeah, those are a few of my favorite channels. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, those are all great. We'll make sure to put those all in the show notes, guys. I got one more question for you, Molly. If you could sit down with anybody, they have to be alive. Um, You can have some coffee, tea, beer, wine. Uh, You get an hour with them. Who would it be? Well, I guess to continue on the conversation from earlier, I already already got to sit down with this person, which was Seth Godin for an interview, but everything was pretty much (laughs) pre-scripted and it was for someone's conference. And when I think about what we do and what I believe and how I look at the world and business and marketing, the person that I've learned the most from or that is most influential would definitely be Seth. And he's someone that's been able to merge the marketing and business, but also sort of self-help worlds. I, it's he's such a fascinating human mm. and I hated that our interview had to end so it would definitely be him and I would love to be able to have a behind the scenes casual conversation with him <laughs> 
That's awesome. Oh, that's so great that you that you got a chance to uh, to interview him. That uh, that would be an absolute dream of mine uh, to get to interview Seth. Molly, this was so great to chat with you. Where can people find out uh, more about you and get connected with Smart Marketer? Likewise, thanks for having me. Check out smartmarketer.com. We have a bunch of free resources there, a blog. You can find our podcast, the Smart Marketer podcast. And of course, follow me on Instagram or any social channels on Instagram. I'm at Molly Pittman digital. Feel free to send me a DM if you have any questions or feedback on this episode. But thank you so much for having me, Jordan. I really enjoyed this. I really appreciate your time, Molly. Thank you. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.